I'm here on the back porch with Jim McGinnis, author of the recently released Sable Palm, a compilation of poetry and stories, much of which he's written over the past two years. Jim, it's good to see you. Thanks for letting me hang out on your porch. I believe last summer you published a children's book, Good Dog Loose, and now Sable Palm. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I got together with my friend uh, Tamara Fernandez to write Good Dog, and we're pretty happy with it, especially her artwork. Um, as far as my other writing goes, uh, I've gotten into the habit of finishing something, or almost finishing it, reading it to a few friends, maybe making a video, and then packing it away and moving on to the next thing. But I finally got some stuff down on paper, and I also included some of my favorites from a few years back. Poetry. Some people shy away from poetry, saying they don't understand it. What's your response to that? <laughs> oh, I get it. Um, there's some stuff I've written myself that I'm not exactly sure what it means, um, at least for a while. Um, I think that it's because of the personal nature of poetry, you know. The poet shares his or her innermost thoughts and feelings. Some folks don't find that too comfortable, but um, poetry is so much a part of our lives, you know. We, we describe stories we like as poetic, um, uh, good song lyrics, sheer poetry, or at least I say that. I do think it's mysterious, but it certainly I don't think it's intimidating. Um, I don't think we're meant to comprehend everything at the first glance. Um, you know, you have the inalienable right to walk away from it, and hopefully you'll, you'll return. But uh, um, I've done that many a time. Um, but there's, there's always more to it than you can possibly get at the first reading, so hopefully you come back. Um, I remember one of my great English teachers, uh, Mrs. Grames, threw me out of class for making fun of a classic work. Uh, I bet you she's, she's laughing now. But, uh, there's one poem I gotta tell you about. Um, I've been reading to my students for years. Um, it's called Rain Guitar and, uh, by James Dickey. And I'm not quite sure really what's going on in there. Or, or, uh, but as James Taylor said, um, I like the words the way they sound. And, well, anyway, um, it's about two World War II veterans standing on a bridge. Um, one's playing the guitar and the rain is just pouring down. It's just an incredibly wonderful image. Um, now I kept reading Rain Guitar year after year after year, and one day it hit me, and it knocked me for a loop. I mean, right there in front of my class. I had to walk out in the hall. And um, that's the power of poetry. Um, it's an expression of emotion and passion, and even in my rogue versions, and um, as I said, personal. And uh, I know I'm drawn to it, and uh, it doesn't much matter whether I'm good at it. Um, the rhythms, the rhyme, just the phrasing. Uh, poetry shows itself. It, um, it's always hanging around.
Uh, who were your influences? Hmm. Well, there's a whole bunch of those. I talk about a few on the, uh, the back jacket of the book, but I've been blessed with many. And the list is growing, it seems. Uh, but uh, Jim Lepper is surely at the top of that list. Uh, early on, he shared his love for, for the language, for words. Uh, my niece Robin and I are still throwing Robert Frost lines back and forth to each other from our youth. I've had, I've had really some great teachers. And I remember Kathy Ford echoing Jim's advice about reading being my most powerful step. Um, you gotta know what good writing looks like. Um, a lot of songwriters have tripped my trigger through the years. You know, Dylan Prine, Christopherson, of course Buffett, you know. As well as some writers like Jim Harrison and Hemingway, of course. I may be an old man and an old Irish soul, but I'm a young writer, I think, so I'm always looking for some, some new influences. You've lit, written a lot of prose and poetry. Which do you prefer? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. You know I'm a history teacher. So I can get so damn professorial, you know. Uh, but poetry keeps it personal, or at least for me, um, most of the time. And, and sometimes I'm not even sure uh, which I'm writing when I start out. Kind of find that. But um, first and foremost, it's the story to me. And poetry holds a special place because of the type of stories I like to tell. It allows me to boil them down, um, some transitory moments, and let those moments stand on their own, even if they're just bits and pieces. Um, and I guess that's how I see life, you know, fragmentary, transitory. My favorite writers pull the readers into the story. You know? And Harrison said that a good story, like a good painting, makes you want to live inside it, and uh, poetry steers me in that direction, and I hope to write one of those someday. Um, you know, there are some people out there that claim that Ernest Hemingway's novels and short stories are actually poetry. Um, um, it's, it's his work, you find all the elements of poetry, um, the phrasing, the rhythms, the attention to detail, and of course, the, the raw emotion. So I guess I should ask, what are your stories about? <laughs> well, if the story isn't about life here, um, then it definitely is a view of life from here. We Floridians have some unique points of view. To steal from myself, I guess I would say uh, I like to write about kids and dogs and oak trees, <laughs> palms, of course, and, um, you know, orange moons rising. Um, much more, much more than that. As far as people in my stories, uh, Wynton Marsalis defined soul as the ability to make other folks feel better about being alive. And um, uh, I like to write about people that that have soul, but um, still, um, uh, 
we have to be true with our place, about our place, to our place. And, and my stories and settings are never far from home, you know, from Carolina to the Keys and everywhere in between. I try not to lose touch with the beauty and the context of place. And if I do lose it and I get hijacked by some rant, some argument, some idea, you know, the history teacher shows up, well, then it's usually not very good. Um, Hemingway gives a good lesson on preserving a sense of place. Um, he's always offering up the taste of the food and the sense on the air and the feel of the sun on your skin and, of course, how the weather was. Um, uh, oftentimes, especially in this form, though, uh, the uh, story will take me in a direction I did not expect, and sometimes I did not care to go. Um, sometimes deeper, darker, but sometimes brighter towards hope. Um, you never know. I think what happens, that happens actually, largely again because it's driven by emotion, and it takes us down within ourselves where our feelings live. <laughs> and we discover all kinds of things there. So as a reader and a writer, I'm excited to find some things new. Not always, though, you know. Sometimes it goes uh, too far. There can be limits. Uh, there are things Pat Conroy writes about that I cannot revisit. Uh, too tough, too dark, too personal, you know. But he got me there the first time. I think I heard you talking once about how difficult it is to finally convince yourself to show your work to others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got some help there, um, too, uh, but it's, um, it is difficult. Um, you have to decide who you are, you know. Um, I still think the most important part of art, and I preach to my kids this all the time, is creating it, even if you throw it in the fireplace afterwards. Um, Kurt Vonnegut said, you've already been gloriously rewarded by the act of writing it. That's, that's a great line, gloriously rewarded by the act of writing it. But on the other hand, a friend of mine insists that sharing is an essential part of having a voice at all. You know? And uh, whether you, you're heard by one or 1,000. Uh, so anyway, this is, uh, this is Sable Palm, and I hope you like it. Thanks, Jim. Jim McGinnis, author of Sable Palm, Selected Writings, available at Amazon, so long from the back porch. Thank you. Your name's Megan, right? Yep. <laughs>